I'm Jake Gauntley, and this is SEO in 2023. Jake, what's your number one SEO tip for 2023? My SEO tip for 2023 is for all brands to really focus on flexing their expertise, authority, and trustworthiness online. And not only is this absolutely essential for organic success within your money, your life verticals, but it is also a key way to instill online consumer confidence across all channels. So this is bigger than just an SEO tip. Okay, okay, great. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly makes logical sense that that's the kind of thing that a search engine would be looking for. That's the kind of thing that a user would be looking for. Um, I think it would be great to, to dive into practically um, what a website should be doing um, in terms of content in 2023 uh, to demonstrate these three areas. So maybe focusing on expertise to begin with. So um, what's what are a few things that um, an SEO content writer, um, website um, publisher needs to be incorporating within their content to demonstrate expertise? Yeah, absolutely. So I think expertise has to stem you know, it's not just from within a piece of content, it's from the brand and the website itself. Um, you know, if a brand wants to be operating in, you know, healthcare sector or a finance sector, they've got to show why they are the experts in doing that. So from a, a content creator's point of view, obviously there's things like making sure you have got, um, you know, links to accreditations or social profiles of the people that are writing the content, making it clear why that person is relevant to the topic first, but then also why they are experts within that field. Um, so yeah, author profiles are something that's been used, um, you know, for, for a number of years now within this field, but really making sure that those author profiles actually, you know, back up why they are the experts, like I said, linking out to accreditations or mention qualifications that they've got, just so it's super clear for, for a human, first of all, if they land on there, right, this is someone I can trust. You know, it always kind of, I think with, with expertise, authority and trustworthiness, it's, it's kind of like a grey area but or fluid between the two because that um, authority and that expertise builds trust and, and, and vice versa. Okay, so the authoritativeness really is derived, I guess, from that demonstration of the expertise that you're, um, you're, you're, you're giving. So you're saying link out to authors or demonstrate who the authors are. Uh, a few years ago, obviously, um, you, you had the um, uh, Rail Week was author um, um, tagging of, um, of who the author was. Um, nowadays, what is the best way to demonstrate who the author is of that piece? I, I mean, w when you're linking, is it important to link to, for instance, LinkedIn, Twitter profiles, and also in terms of markup code, um, is there schema that you would recommend to demonstrate who that author is as well? So obviously within article schema, um, you can kind of add all that extra information in about it, about the author. Um, but absolutely, when when linking out like to social profiles and things like that, I think anything which links that piece of content to that actual human. So social profiles, as I mentioned, like accreditations, things like that. Um, as much information as you can give, and, you know, obviously if that 
author is um, happy to link to their social profiles. Obviously, you know, they've got to approve to that. Um, but often, if it is someone who is an expert within their field, you know, they might be active on Twitter within that field. So that gives a very clear link and shows, again, all of the other things they're talking about within that field. This is not just someone who's been made up for the sake of creating content, which I'm sure some websites have done in the past where they make up, you know, the, they have like a stock a stock image of someone who looks like an expert and they, they say, you know, written by so-and-so. If you can actually link to verifiable places where you can see this person is active within that field, um, again, it just goes to show um, that they are worthy of creating this content and that the user can trust that content. Okay. Um, so so uh, does LinkedIn and Twitter generally give the best bang for buck when it comes to actually demonstrating who the person is and what their expertise is from a social profile perspective? Or are there up and coming social platforms that, that you would recommend as well? I mean, I think it's it's very dependent on on you know what what that person does. If if it's a doctor, for example, um, you know it, it might be more kind of like medical accreditations. However, you see um, like TikTok profiles these days where certain professions are you know very active on TikTok doing explainers about you know different things. You know if that person is doing that sort of content, then there's no harm in linking to that. You know it, again, it just goes to show that. They're you know active within their field, um, and it gives the the, um, the the user another avenue to explore if they want to kind of dig into who this expert is. Um, so yeah, I would say um, obviously LinkedIn I feel is probably the more professional um, option. Twitter uh, maybe if that person is active in kind of like discussions within their field, um, but absolutely if if they're on TikTok creating you know. Uh, content on there, then there's no harm including that as well. And, and you used a, a doctor as an example there as well. And obviously there are uh, different types of experts that may have published content in different places. Um, so is linking out to other blogs from top newspaper sites where people might have published in the past a, a good idea as well? Or is that a risk as well of perhaps driving traffic away from your website? I mean, if the link is um, within, you know, it's, it's within an author page or maybe it's in the source of a, a, a main piece of content that they've written about. I don't think there's necessarily like a huge harm of, you know, all of your traffic suddenly going away to that page. I think there's probably more benefit of having that link as, um, you know, a visible, credible way to back up your information. It's also information transparency as well. You're being very transparent about, you know, who this person is and, and where the information has come from. Um, and realistically, you're probably not going to be competing in search against that page that you're linking out to. Maybe in some instances you are. Um, but personally, I think the the good that can come um, from having those links out to credible sources probably outweighs any of the kind of negative impacts of kind of losing draws of traffic to that page through through the link. So it feels like expertise can be derived from previous experience in third-party websites. Um, but authoritativeness is something that, uh, as part of your brand, that you build from the content that you publish on your own website. So uh, what are your thoughts on styles of content that tend to be most effective at the moment uh, in terms of length and, and type of content? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like you said, with with authoritativeness, it's it definitely stems from 
from creating that content and being online, but it can also stem from kind of like offline factors that a brand engages in as well. So we've been working recently um, with an FMCG brand um, in the like the baby care space. And that brand um, actually has like expert workshops that it, it puts on offline, like in-person kind of things. And obviously it mentions it on their website and it talks about, you know, the experts that are running the workshops and things like that. But I think just like having that content and showing it on your website that you're you're not just doing this for SEO purposes this is something that your brand embodies um I think those kind of activities as well kind of really help to go back up to, to back up sorry why your brand is an authority within its space you know what I mean this this is what they do um and also like all of that kind of activity has so many positives outside of SEO and outside of EAT um but that's why I say it's like all of this is it's great for SEO building authority, but it's also just about building a brand and building a business. Like if you want to be seen as the best in the business, you've got to be doing all of these things, which just so happen to ladder up to be positive for SEO. Yeah, I love how you talk about offline as well, because uh, this project is published as a physical copy book as well, SEO in 2023. And we published that as a book last year as well. And I think that... Um, not enough digital marketers really are aware of the impact that offline can, can have on digital authority as well. So great point there. Um, shall we finish off with trustworthiness? So trustworthiness, is that something that people um, can gather over time by constantly being uh, made aware of the content that you publish? Absolutely. I think trustworthiness, there's, there's definitely the the angle of trustworthy information and consistently providing, you know, accurate, trustworthy content, backing it up with sources and having that transparency of where the information has come from or who's created it. Um, but if you're a business, like an e-commerce business, for example, it also comes down to, you know, can people actually trust you when they hand over their money to you? Um, so things like, um, you know, trust pilot reviews and, and product reviews on your website, um, Obviously, as a business, you want to be seen as someone who does good business. You want to be getting good reviews from your customers. Um, if you're not getting regular positive reviews from your customers, then there's ultimately something is fundamentally wrong with how you're operating or within the, like the chain of your business. But if you are getting those, you know, regular five star reviews, um, you see a lot of businesses now they've got like Trustpilot and all those kind of sites like really prominent on their website. Like we we are five star rated on Trustpilot, and I think that kind of goes hand in hand with the the content side of things as well. It's like not only do we know what we are talking about in terms of the information that's on our website, but we also are a very trustworthy business in terms of when you give us your money, we kind of deliver on what you expect. Um, so I think it's kind of both of those kind of link into the trustworthiness aspect of this. Um, so yeah, it's first of all, being a good business where people want to give you their money. And then second of all, kind of, you know, showing that on your website with through reviews and things like that. So should every business have a process to ask for reviews or is this something that should be more organic? <laughs> this is a touchy one because, um, it's, I think like asking for reviews is that kind of thing where like it's very much, you know, business best practice. You know, you should follow up with people for reviews and stuff like that. 
But from a personal experience, I find like sometimes it feels a bit needy if if businesses just keep on asking for reviews. So I think it's very much finding that sweet spot in terms of um, you know when to when to ask, how frequently to ask. Um, but also you you can't be shy. You know if if something hasn't gone wrong. You know, you, you can't just ask all of the people where it's been a positive experience if you want to have an accurate representation of your business on these. Uh, and to be able to act as well on negative experiences, then you need to be asking everyone for their reviews. So if things aren't good, then you can go on and make them better. But if you've got loads of one, two star reviews, maybe it's not something you want to be posting all over your website. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you mentioned when to ask there as well. I'm fed up of people asking me to review something when I've maybe ordered something, but I haven't even received the product yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, it gets a bit a bit crazy and a bit frustrating, like you say, when um, they'll send like a one-day reminder, then a week reminder, then a two-week reminder. And like sometimes if it's a product where, you know, you need to use it over time or something that you maybe don't use that often, um, you know, asking for a review after a couple of days, you just say, well, I haven't really had a chance to experience the, the product or the services. So, yeah. So you've shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. So now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? What's something that SEO shouldn't be doing in 2023? So I think in terms of like counterproductivity, um, my biggest tip for something that's brands shouldn't be doing in 2023 is just don't stand still you know don't bank on previous success within seo as a guarantee that you will continue to rank well and perform well um you know there's a brand might you know get to page one or position one for a keyword and just be like right job done but that's it's not how search works i mean we all know seo is continuously changing but also there's a continuous pile of brands who want to get to that top spot as well. So you can't just kind of rest on your laurels once you get there and put your feet up and be like, yeah, this is, this is the job done. Because you know for a fact at that point, that's, you know, you might be position one, page one for a while, but that will start to slip over time. Um, and a, a really good analogy for this, that I like, is that if you look at great football teams or, or all sports teams, really, they don't win a league or win a championship and then do nothing. You know, they, they continuously sign fresh new players. They're looking into, you know, people within development. There's that long-term success in mind because if they don't make sure they've got that fresh talent and fresh ideas, that's when they lose that top spot or they don't win the next title. You know, you've got to continuously be striving to improve even if you are at the top of your game, essentially. So if you've got a client that's ranking number one for a competitive keyword phrase, how do you actually justify um, spending significant budget at continuing um, to keep those rankings um, when you don't know necessarily when that ranking will disappear? And also, um, how do you actually calculate how much you should be spending on that when it's already number one? So I think... It might be in the in that instance, like um, maybe a change of tactics. You know, if you've you might have been doing like loads of like content and on-page technical work to kind of get a page in a great shape and get it to position one. Once it gets to position one, you might then change to maybe you know making sure you've got a steady stream of links going to that page. So it's not necessarily that you have to keep doing the same thing over time. 
um, but making sure that, you know, the pages, obviously the content still needs to be fresh, you know, depending on what type of page it is. The, the information might change. You need to make sure that's updated. Um, but having kind of a regular stream of links going to a page, you know, helps to give that indication that people still think this is a good page. You can't just drive loads of links to a page and then be like, all right, we're at position one. Like, and then all of a sudden you get no links from that point. Like that's going to look more suspicious than anything. Absolutely. It needs to look natural. It needs to hopefully be natural, but if it's not natural, hopefully. it needs to be natural at least. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. I was just going to say, you could also, if that is like a money driving page, um, you could also maybe like calculate, right, if you dropped from position one to position five, how would that impact the revenue that that page drives, for example, over like a set of keywords? Um, so I think if you can attach monetary values to like a potential decrease, then maybe investing a little bit of money in that page over the long term might not seem like that much of an investment compared to what the, the website could lose. It seems like a bit of a threat. This is going to happen if you don't do it, yes. <laughs> Threaten your clients, that's the way to do it. <laughs> that is not my SEO tip for 2023. <laughs> Jake Gauntley is SEO Account Director at Reprise Digital and you can find him over at reprisedigital.co.uk. Jake, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Thank you very much for having me, David. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com.